0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all, the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dalvin. And
2: yours truly, Franklin Proctor.
3: Who's in fine fettle oh, today.
2: I'm, I did say that to you, yes, you I? did Yes, you
3: did, and I just heard it in your voice there.
2: Yeah, well both, Grace, no, no, Grace isn't in fine paper, because you just read her, uh, her, her horoscope, and she didn't like it. She started to cry.
3: Yep. But she's also <laughs> writing exams, I mean, she's got yeah, all that heavy stress. academic stuff coming heavy down on her, stress, so we, right. our hearts go out, and remember it. this too shall pass.
2: <laughs> the voice you have just heard is that of Charlie Dobbin, the diva of dirt, or in this case, the diva of ice. Your cat was skating on your little <laughs> pond in the backyard. What?
3: Huh? My Where's crazy cute? kitty cat, I tell you. <laughs> it was very cold last night. Yeah. It was so cold that my little above-ground water feature (laughs) just about froze solid. So (laughs) I think it's time to put it away. Maybe so. But I I have, I was telling you, Frank, that I've left it out this long because all the neighborhood cats use it as their drinking fountain and, you know, they line up for drinks and, you know, have little baths and stuff. It's very (laughs) funny to watch. Uh, And so I've been, you know, kind of supporting this crazy cat behavior. Uh, My cat doesn't drink, however. My cat, for whatever reason, only skates. Uh, So (laughs) as soon as he realized it was frozen this morning. He's up there, and I'm yelling at him, you know, thin ice. <laughs> Read the signs. You cut kind of drown. It's just a little half barrel. I mean, he really wouldn't drown, but he if, is wacky enough that he could have just gone I wonder if cats, through. like
2: dogs do dog, dog paddle. Do cats do a cat paddle? Yeah, of course. I, I guess so. They I do. I guess so. Yeah, but oh, you know what? It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to give out the phone numbers here. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. We're on the air. 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it is 740 1-866-740-4740. Now, you've got some announcements A anyway. couple of announcements, okay. as usual.
3: Uh, a very sweet one from Heather, and Heather is uh, one of the coordinators of the Riverdale Horticultural Society, and she writes, Hi, Charlie, thank you so much for announcing our monthly meetings to the public on the radio. We have had one new member as a result— as we are a really small club, every single new member counts a lot. It's also a lot of fun to hear our name announced each month. Well, is so, great? Yeah, so here it is. Uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, December the 9th, members and guests of the Riverdale Horticultural Society will celebrate the holidays with a lively program at the usual location, Frankland Community Centre, 816 Logan Avenue, just south of Danforth. The special entertainment... excuse me, will be a group of Scottish country dancers who will demonstrate with skill and finesse the beauty of the dance. Several times during their demonstration, the audience will be invited to participate in some of the easier-to-learn party dances. So that actually sounds like a lot of fun. You'd fit right in. Oh, I would love that. You could pull up a Scottish accent and be dancing around. Aye. <laughs> Aye. sound well, like a pirate. I, I'm tired. pirate. Arr, <laughs> arr.
2: No, um, you know, it, it, back in history uh, in, uh, in, in Ireland, mm-hmm. you know the Irish dancers, they always have their hands right yeah. to their sides. You know why that is? No, why? Because it was against the church, church's doctrine, to be dancing in home, so uh, at home, mm-hmm. so when the the priest would walk down the street, he'd look in the windows, and here were her, their arms, you see, and they hardly move their bodies. Right. It's all in the, the leg movement, so they look like they're standing still, and they're oh. actually moving like crazy. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, there you are. That that's a true little bit of factoid stuff.
3: I wonder why they didn't just put up curtains. Well, now, there
2: you go, darling. <laughs> that's why you're the smart lady, and I'm the dumb one. <laughs>
3: Sorry, I was being silly. Okay, Uh, okay, so um, the audience is going to be invited to participate, which Mm -hmm. is definitely going to be fun. Uh, There will also be contributions to the food bank instead of a gift exchange. And then the evening will finish off with delicious refreshments donated by the members. So a big Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all the listeners. This is still from Heather. And remember, in the winter, real gardeners do not hibernate. They join a garden club and learn to do it better.
2: That's uh, exactly what was on my mind this morning when it came in. I thought, what about you know you approach winter and uh, what's what's there for gardeners to do? You know, but dream, yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yes. and indoors, yeah. obviously, yeah. plants. You know, indoor plants, okay, but... cover.
2: A lot of, lot of things have gone dormant over the winter time. Uh, Hopefully yes. not your zeal for life. Oh, good <laughs> Definitely not enough. Phone numbers once again, 416-360-0740 for those in the Toronto area. And uh, anywhere else in the province, it's 1-866-740-4740. And that's toll-free, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? You've got to do the... the, uh, Oh, we've got to take a little commercial break, don't we? Okay. We'll come back and and, uh, I want (laughs) want you to read your horoscope for today. It was a scream.
1: Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: Hi, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie and, of course, Grace, the first voice you actually speak to when you call in at... 416 or out-of-town 744 740 Now, just before we get to our first call, you've got to read your horoscope for today. This broke me up.
3: Well, when I came in this morning and saw Frank, I said, well, you know, I have an excuse if I offend anybody today. <laughs> so I just want to say, I you know sometimes I can be a little blunt and insensitive, and my family will certainly attest to that. So my horoscope for today says... Mercury, planet of communication, crosses a dynamic angle of your chart today, so you won't hesitate to tell people what you think even if your views are likely to annoy those in positions of power. Sorry, Moses. You like to stir things up a bit. All right, so that is my horoscope. So just my apologies right now. If if I offend anybody, I'll apologize in advance. Well, let's see how you can get under Tim's skin
2: here. Uh, Tim's calling in from Thorold. Good morning, Tim. morning, folks, and season's
4: greetings.
3: And to you. you, too. Morning
4: yes uh, my question is we recently moved into the a country home mm-hmm. which has uh, uh, water softener mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's any downsides to watering plants with softened water
3: there is the way water softeners work is that it's usually what they call a cation exchange program so so your regular hard water that comes through your well probably mm-hmm. is full of all kinds of minerals so what happens is it it exchanges some of those hard water minerals for minerals that will feel softer to the touch. Typically, the one of the main ions that will be in your soft water is sodium. And sodium, of course, is part of a salt. So yes, it can be hard on your houseplants. So my, my story is have all the showers you want, enjoy that water on your skin. But When it comes to the plants, don't go directly from the tap to the plants. Let the water sit out, preferably uh, for at least 24 hours.
4: Either that or go to... Uh <clears throat> Like, I can, I've got one outside tap that bypasses
5: the...
3: Mm, which is hard water. water.
5: But just the convenience of it.
4: But sure.
3: Okay,
5: appreciate it. Yeah,
3: um, and you know what some people do? I know it sounds maybe a bit extreme, but uh, rainwater. I know some people that, you know, obviously con- um, collect rainwater in the summer, and if they still have some in the fall, they'll bring it into the buckets of it into their house, store it in the basement over the winter, whatever the case may be, and use that for their house plants. if that kind of a situation is convenient or possible. <clears throat> Never hesitate to use rainwater. That's the best.
2: Gee, what a what a terrific question, Tim! I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Good Thank stuff. You. Thank you very much for joining us, Thanks. and uh, top of the season to you as well. <laughs> I've Thanks, I've never used Tim. that expression before either, no, top it's, of the season. That's it. a new one. <laughs> uh, new one on me. Uh, you had a little announcement that you wanted to squeeze well, in here. Yeah,
3: I do. I have um, have an email, mm-hmm. because remember last week uh, you did mention the email address, so it's always yes. a good idea, I think, to share this. For anybody who would like to email rather than call for whatever reason, uh, the email address is my first initial C and my last name, Dobbin, so C-D-O-B-B-I. Uh, and last week, we did receive an email from Helen in Scarborough, and she says, good morning, uh, got the email address when Frank announced it, and wanted to send a picture of a bug. Would I, Charlie, be able to identify it? Um, apparently, they came in on some of her plants though I'm not sure if that's quite the case, and she ended up putting uh, the plants in various tubs of water and soaking them, trying to kill the bugs. She's wondering, are they harmful to the plants and that they're very slow-moving? Meanwhile, Helen also tells us that this was her first summer in an apartment and good success with the plants on the balcony... Grew all kinds of cool evergreens and hanging baskets, and all of it was great. Finches are coming mm-hmm. uh, nested on her balcony, which is very neat. Um, morning glories grew like crazy. Uh, she's very excited about next year as well. So the the bug picture, of course, I can't show you on the radio, but it looked to me like what is commonly called a shield bug or a stink bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen, it's got a very flat... Back and it's called a shield bug because it actually is in the shape of a of a shield, like a diamond shape. They come in all different sizes and colors. Um, the reason it's called a stink bug is because if you squish them, they really really stink, and you don't want to squish them in your house because the other stink bugs will know the smell and be attracted to it, and you'll have even more of them. Oh, wow. They're very similar to box elder uh, box elder bugs or ladybugs which tend to congregate on our homes at the end of the summer as the days are getting cooler and that nice warm wall whether it's a western wall or a southern wall provides that late you know that late season warmth yeah. then they look for little cracks and crannies and they come into the house looking for a place to spend the winter because all of these insect insects spend the winter as an adult very slow moving Very sleepy adult insects. They're just looking for a nice little spot to curl up and sleep for the winter. Soon as winter's over, they will wake up, lay some eggs and die. Oh, so yes. that's that. the whole purpose of this overwintering is strictly to just get the next generation through to the next season. So um, they probably didn't come in on the plants. They probably came through some cracks and crannies in the building is what I'm thinking. Because Helen mentioned she's new in the right. building yeah. and has never had this problem before. So first thing I'd be doing is I would be looking for any window, you know, caulking. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do the old um, light an incense stick. Yeah. Walk your house with that incense, uh, like all around your electrical side see where the
2: smoke's blowing. Huh? That's
3: right, exactly. Oh, yeah. The windows, the, the mm-hmm. doors, look for cracks. When you find those, seal those up. Obviously, it's going to help with your hydro bill, but it also is going to help with any invasion from outside every fall, like these little little bugs. Meanwhile, vacuum any of these bugs when you see them, uh, and obviously empty the vacuum bag. Don't squish them. You may regret <laughs> yeah. the squish. Apparently, wow. they stink. they smell really bad, like just not a nice smell.
2: Now, what kind of defense system is that, really? Smart. You think?
3: Well, no, not really, because the bug's
2: dead, you know? just <laughs> yeah, it,
3: it gave up <laughs> its its own life for the greater good of the community. That's so, what insects are so good at.
2: Yeah, oh, well, I suppose. Boy, suicide watch on the oh, bugs. On the bugs, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah.
3: laughs> Stink bugs. Oh,
2: right. Hey, we've got to take a little commercial break and uh, come back to talk to Jimmy out there in Port Colborne. Okay, we'll be along uh, with you, Jim, in just a moment. First, these words from AM740, The Garden Show.
1: Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin
2: Hi, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden along with Grace, our producer and uh, we're joined right now by Jimmy from uh, Port Corbin Hi, Jim, how are you doing?
4: Well, still hanging in (laughs) Uh, Well, that's
3: good Morning, Jimmy
4: all my snails are frozen. That's good news. That
3: is good news. Actually, they you know what they are? They're hunkered down sleeping oh, yeah, I under, know that. under I the sleep soil,
4: They ate everything all that I planted. So. <laughs>
3: That's true. Well, they're probably <laughs> fat and juicy right now. I yeah, should be, be right. harvesting well, them. for like
4: a turkey I'm waiting for you right now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to ask you about a Loa Vera plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought one, and it was nice, but you can't give them too much water. That's right. And... Uh, I put it outside and all that, and it was, it was growing, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it got really brown, eh?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, and so what I've got now is just two stems coming out of it. hmm But it's very touchy. One fell off, but I've got two, uh, like, rabbit ears coming up on it right now. But the problem is, how much water do you give those plants?
3: You know what? Air on the side of too little rather than too much. Maybe when you put it outside, uh, it was getting rained on? or uh, it got too-
4: Well, I put it in the direct sun and so forth. Mm. But uh, they're really delicate because a friend of mine grew one. He he had to move up of this building. It got so big. (laughs) It's
3: (laughs) true. uh, They do get huge eventually. What do you
4: do? uh, Just water once a month or something like that? Well,
3: the trick is, um, as you point out, they need lots of sun. If you're taking them from inside to outside, typically I'll take them into a shady spot first and then the sun just because they tend to sunburn if they go straight into full sun and they'll turn brown or get black spots on them.
4: Yeah, I got that on uh, a couple shoots, yeah.
3: Yeah, and that is more normally just from a sunburn thing. Uh, if it's raining day after day, you want to get them out of the rain, make sure yeah. they're in well drained soil. Inside your home, the sunniest location, of course, a southern window mm-hmm. if you have it, or a western window. Yeah. Watering, honestly, once a month is probably being generous. So, yeah. Wow.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you got to watch plants. Or, like, you must have went to school for a long time because there's a lot to know about uh Everything in nature. There's uh, so much to know about. It's unbelievable.
3: Well, it's true, but the the thing, you know, what I do with the aloe vera because it's, you know, it's that wonderful plant with the that desert, jelly yeah, right. inside, which is what we use if mm-hmm. we ever get burned or anything. Uh, we break a leaf and, and use some of that jelly on ourselves. Anyway, but
4: right now, and I want to hold your show up. But no, but I was just
3: going to feel the leaves, Jimmy. It, when the leaves, when they feel firm, they don't need water. Do not water the yeah, plant. Really.
4: Uh, stiff and green right now, yeah, so I'm so, scared to look at it, touch it, you know. Yeah, well,
3: just uh, leave it alone, give it another week, feel the leaves. If At some point, it's going to start to look a little wrinkly, a little pale, a little yeah. bit soft, then you'll water. So it might be a month from now, it might be two months from now, but wait until that happens before you give it any water. So
4: what? When the leaves get wilty, you say? Yep,
3: yeah, the leaves will actually get soft, they get a little bit wrinkly if you're keeping an so eye. They and,
4: need a drink like I do, okay. <laughs> that's right, <and> the, co-
3: <laughs> the color even changes a little bit yeah. when they need water. Okay,
4: Okay. then. uh, I want to tell you, I really love your show, and I'd rather listen to uh, you and Frank than Jay Leno any day. (laughs) And uh, you guys really do uh, put on a great, great uh, gardening show, and you are a super intelligent lady.
3: Thanks, Jimmy.
4: Frank's an actor, so am I a bad one. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) But uh, I really love this, and I want to wish you the ultimate Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And yourself
3: as well.
2: Thank you, Jim.
4: in the Greenland, oh, boy,
2: right. that ten bucks I sent you was well spent. I, I appreciate <laughs> those sentiments. I, I'm kidding, Jimmy. Have a have a wonderful Christmas and uh, New Year's yourself. Okay.
3: All right. Thanks, thanks for Jimmy. your call.
2: Jimmy from Port Colborne, always a, a fun guy to, to Exactly.
3: Have and obviously a, a, an avid listener. Yeah, he, loved, yeah, he and, loves, um, the, he
2: loves uh, gardening, too.
3: He does. He's got a lot of different things on the yep. go there, obviously, indoors and outdoors. So he's trying all kinds of remedies and eggshells and various and sundry things. So good for him.
2: Well, now, in Etobicoke, there's Carl, who has, I understand it, a 45-year-old mm. cedar hedge he wants to talk about. Well, good morning, Carl.
3: Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Big old cedar hedge, huh?
5: Yeah, well, it's about uh, 40, 45 years old, uh-huh. and co- it uh, runs about 30 feet in in length. Mm-hmm. Now, it's become so sparse that uh, I thought of taking it right out. Mm-hmm. Can I do that, uh, cut it right down to, say, uh, a foot off the ground and have it start up again?
3: It may not start up again as you would wish it to. The problem with cedars is that when they get very old, well, like plants, people, all of yeah. us, right? Yeah. We lose a certain amount of vigor the older we get. That's yeah, true. Right? <laughs> so, so when they're young and they get all that green growth and that flush of action during the growing season, that's all very traditional and expected. You get to 45 years old and that's an old stump with you know big old roots right. and the soil of course, probably doesn't have a ton of nutrient in it. Um, it's very hard to cause a whole reinvigoration of old, old cedar hedges. I right. think an arborist, because I have spoken to arborists on this subject, would say you're better to re- entirely take it out and start fresh rather than try and reinvigorate an old cedar hedge like that.
5: So is there any chance at all that it can be invigorated with a little luck?
3: Uh any chance. There's always a chance. <laughs> always a chance <laughs> never right. say never.
5: Well, the reason why I say that yeah. is because I saw a friend of mine do that about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. They cut it to about uh, six inches mm-hmm. from the ground, six, eight inches, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it came back up again. But
3: And it was cedars when they did that? I'm sorry? It, w- were the- it was a cedar hedge? Yes, it was. And it was as big and old as yours?
5: That I don't know.
3: Because we definitely do that with deciduous hedges, you know, with the the little, the privet hedges and that sort of thing. Absolutely. You know, even 40 years later, you can cut them down and all new growth will emerge. Evergreens don't react quite the same. But you know what? It's certainly worth a try. If you were going to remove the cedar hedge, you'd have to cut it down anyway before you took out the stumps. So why not? Do the cut down, leave the stumps obviously fertilize and i would be getting some good compost some manure beef really supplementing that soil around those the, the you know those stumps yeah. and do everything to make sure you know to try and encourage lots of new growth because you'll see that in may june and july if mm-hmm. you do that cutting down in april
5: i see well yeah. that's fine and uh thanks for your help
3: you're very welcome First and if it doesn't
5: call I want to wish you and your partner there a very <laughs> Merry
3: Christmas. Thanks, Thanks Thank you, so much, Carol. and we yourself.
2: Thank Bye. you so very much.
3: Okay, that's a classic yeah. question, eh? Yeah. The big old cedar hedges. I have been, I can't tell you how many different properties I've been in and into where the, the hedge has been neglected, and you know different owners have moved in and out of the, the home, and what started as a nice little tidy, you know, green, yeah. solid wall all around the perimeter of the backyard is now, you know, a meter or more wide. You know, they've lost that much of their backyard yeah. Yeah. to a lot of sticks with little green fringy things yeah. out on the tips. And it's like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And it is, it is a tough one. It You know, yeah. there's a lot of space going to big old plants that aren't necessarily doing you a lot of favors.
2: One thing, the last house we had mm-hmm. in St. Catherine's had a lovely, lovely hedge. Now, I assumed it was a Cedar, uh, well, a uh, privet right. Mm. No, they were cedar trees mm-hmm. that had been planted, and they, the trunks—they were like mm-hmm. almost four inches across. Mm-hmm. So I cut the thing down, mm-hmm. you know, to trim it, mm-hmm. and big holes on the top. And you have—no, i mean, you. You had to be about ten feet tall to look down and see the. Right. Uh, but did bear. it all
3: grow back? You, well, after done
2: uh, no, that? no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I tried filling in with some phony leaves <gasps> up the top.
3: I Don't <laughs> tell me, oh God, Frank! I can't believe it. <laughs> well, we let you be on this. Show. Show, and you're putting fake plants what? in the garden? Well, I,
2: I didn't want everyone to think I was killing the plants out there. you
3: know. <laughs> so you're worried the neighbors would think you had you had dead plants. Well, so you put fake yeah, ones out I there did. and I thought did. they
2: wouldn't Some notice? kind of ivy, the same sort of color. Oh, dear. Uh, let's go on to our next caller here. I have a
3: really bad visual now. Frank, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is scary. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, Lord. Is my face red? Uh, Duncan, <laughs> Mississauga, help save me.
6: Uh, Good morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Another hedge problem.
7: Okay.
6: I have a red barbary Mm. hedge about 50 years old, Mm -hmm. getting very thin, Mm -hmm. and I've never been able to propagate any new ones. I've heated seeds. I've cooled them. I've tried every way I can think of to make them germinate, and I can't do it. Hmm. What's wrong?
3: Well, you know what? I, I won't give you the secret on how to propagate that barbary because it's actually against the law.
6: Well, you can buy some Barbaries now.
3: Not this one, though. The one you have, the 50-year-old variety, is an alternate host of a disease of pine trees. So that's why the Barbary you have... Was 20, well actually about 30 years ago or more, it became illegal to propagate it at all. That's why you couldn't buy it anymore at, okay. starting about 40 years ago.
6: Well, I've got some of the new Barberries that they sell, and which is, they, don't, they don't seem to be doing much better.
3: Okay, well, you know, the new Barberries are gorgeous. Particularly, there's I imagine the one you have like is a red or a purple leaved variety. Yeah,
6: I have a red leaf,
3: red leafed, and the, the one of the newer varieties, there's one called um. I think it's called Rosy Glow, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a lovely, lovely Barbary with, you know, multi-colors, reds Mm -hmm. and pinks and white leaves. uh, Very much, almost like a fountain shape is what it grows in. But you say it's not, you've tried filling in that plant. Is that what you've done in some of your sparse areas? And it's not doing so great. Nope. Generally speaking, Barbary wants as much sun as you can possibly give it. So it could be that there's some, could it be shading itself or are there trees or homes nearby that are causing shade on it?
6: it's doing all right. It's just that I can't seem to propagate
3: it. Yeah, okay. Well, like I said, don't worry that you can't propagate it. Continue to fill in with the newer varieties. That's what I would do. Okay. Uh, that rosy glow being a wonderful, one of my all-time favorite plants, actually, as a, as a year-round okay. ornamental plant. It's wonderful. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. But we remember did. your soil as well. Old soil, you know, 50-year-old yeah, yeah. hedge is in 50-year-old soil. So yep. supplement that soil with good compost, good manure, you know. Make sure that's as, as good and healthy as you can possibly make it. Lots of organic matter. And and you'll see that all those Barbaries will do better. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Thank you, Doug. Doug.
2: Yeah, all the best, and uh, you are listening to AM740. It's the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. I'm Frank Proctor, and uh, answering the phone, of course, is Grace, and she always does such a fabulous job of informing us who's next, and we'll look at that, who is next. In Guelph, it's Thelma. Hi, Thelma. Good
3: morning, and season's greetings to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Good morning hard to believe it's coming that quickly, isn't it? Yes, you're right. Well, is it? I mean, I haven't kind of gotten around to anything when it comes to Christmas, like shopping and oh. decorating. Mind you, I did put a few lights out on that warm day earlier this week, so I took advantage of that mild weather. What's...
8: Oh, yes, our grass, we have to cut again. Oh, I
3: know. It's true. No That's believe. a good point. It's coming.
8: It's uh, point. hard to believe. Yeah. Candle plants are shooting out of the garden. Mm, nice. daffodils are coming up.
3: Really? Oh, you're seeing some dafts with all these mild wow. temperatures.
8: Yes, don't I worry though. New this year
3: mm-hmm.
8: in the beginning of September.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: Well, they're up about six inches. Wow! I'm thinking you silly things.
3: They'll be fine. The, the little tips will get frosted. You'll get yellow brown tips on those green leaves, but they'll be fine. They won't actually emerge. It's, it looks like we've got some cool, you know, good cool coming. No funny little, you know, high temperatures over the next few weeks, which will help put everything right back to sleep.
8: Good, good. Be a waste to see it all go away. Oh gosh, it?
3: yeah. It's, and it's it's confusing for the plants when it's well, uh, I'm
2: sure it must
8: be, yeah. wacky.
3: Cold, warm, cold, warm.
8: It's confusing for us also <laughs> <laughs> when you wake up and see the sun shining and everything. The birds. We had our first pair of cardinals come this morning.
3: Ah, uh, nice. Do you feed them? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Good for you. But that's a final winter for sure. Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: Did you have a, a question regarding a burning bush? Was it? Or? I do so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
8: Um, In the United States, they do not call a burning bush a burning bush. Mm -hmm. It has a very odd name, and I can't recall what it is. Do you know what it is?
3: No, they don't call a burning bush a burning bush. I
8: sort of recall something about a donkey. Hmm.
3: (laughs) Well,
2: there's a little uh, homework we can ask our listeners. Sure, so maybe we can look into that,
3: or somebody yeah. who's listening may have an answer. Burning bush, of course, is a form of euonymus, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm wondering if it's got something to do with that. Of course, we call it burning bush because it burns. It's bright, bright, yeah. bright red when the the f- cool fall temperatures start arriving. Otherwise, it's a fairly ordinary-looking green plant. What's noticeable and interesting about burning bush, if you look at the stems, it has what we call corky bark. So they're not just traditional smooth, round stems, but mm-hmm. they actually have ridges, very corky ridges, on the stems, which is something you'll see on all the euonymus plants. That's what they have in common. That's what the, puts them into that genus.
8: Yes, and I have a burning bush tree. Uh-huh. beside my veranda at the front of the house. Yep. And it would be about oh, 18 feet tall right now.
3: Oh, wow. So that's a fairly old plant.
8: But um, quite healthy, quite beautiful in the fall. Hmm. Gorgeous. But I was wondering, I know there is a really silly word, and it would make people smile and laugh.
3: <laughs> okay. you well, hear the name. Perfect. Okay, well, leave that with us, and maybe somebody who's listening will call with that. Okay. Uh, and in the meantime, if nobody calls today, I'll look it up, and we'll, we'll have that for next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, so Thanks, much.
2: Thelma. Guelph, pretty, pretty uh, town. I love uh, oh, driving yeah. through there. All the gorgeous old uh, homes that are made out of
3: uh, local granite. Uh, just beautiful. Actually, it's not granite. It's limestone. Limestone. That's what I said. Anyway. Uh, uh, the, um, <laughs> I, I went to school in Guelph, of course, because that is, you know, the Ontario Agriculture oh, College. Of course. And, of course. And, um, you know, it Guelph's one of those places that once you get settled into Guelph, mm-hmm. you have a hard time imagining that there's a world outside of Guelph. It's kind of its own world. It's very beautiful. It's very interesting group of people who live there. And it's very dynamic. Always lots of cool things going on in Guelph. Great. And the big question, of course, when I was at mm. Guelph was, is there life after Guelph? And
2: Yes, there is. Well, that's oh, what I discovered. You discovered.
3: <laughs> Six years later, you know, I left Guelph and I did find a life. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing on Uh, the website? You know what what I'm doing? doing? I thought, well, here I have this. My dad asked me last week. He goes, have you got a computer in front of you? Can you just look stuff up? I went, are you kidding? It's way too slow. I don't have time for any of that. So (laughs) here I am doing just exactly that. But uh, uh, okay, so Jim called to give advice uh, regarding the uh, old Cedar Hedge. And then he says to cut it down and add miracle grow. All right, so we did have a call from somebody named Jim. Grace has just put that up on the screen for us. Uh, for the gentleman who called about the very old cedar hedge, which was Carl in Etobicoke. Mm-hmm. Somebody named Jim believes that if you cut it down to I guess that's six inch to, yep. you know, or one foot tall, add miracle grow, it will grow back. So that's uh, something that is being suggested. Meanwhile, Grace has also put up the, the Latin name of Burning Bush, which is not what Thelma was looking for. <laughs> She's looking for another <laughs> another common name. But thank you for that. <laughs> that
2: Grace working there, going all She's over for information. Eh? She's good, oh, She's got spells right yeah. and
3: everything. Now I want to hear her pronounce it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. We're going to get to Lou in North York in just a moment. We have to
0: take a little bit of a commercial break here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show from AM 740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740.
1: Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: Hey. And yours truly, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you along this Saturday. A little bit nippy out there when we mm. came into work, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah.
3: warm up, though? Yes. I think that my cat will be putting his skates away, and <laughs> I'll be <laughs> <laughs> emptying the pond. Ca-
2: cat uh, puddling, paddling. Cat paddling, yes. <laughs> Skate. Oh, cat puddling. If, uh, you're, that, too. If <laughs> your cat is anything like you know, a lot of cats. Anyway, we have back, <laughs> back to the phone lines here. Lou in North York patiently holding on to the line there. Hi, good morning, Lou.
6: Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a mystery about a tomato plant Mm
2: -hmm.
6: actually i have three mysteries oh gosh let's start with the first one
3: Mm
6: -hmm. uh we moved into our condominium here about 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and someone gave us a gift of a flower basket had a lot of flowers and stuff in it which over the years the greenery died Mm -hmm. Uh, the african violets i took out and replanted and since there was nothing else in there i just put in some artificial flowers, and it looked nice sitting in our living room. Mm -hmm. About a year ago, all of a sudden, something green started to grow out of there. And when I was in my house, I used to do some gardening. And it looked like a tomato plant. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, as it grew, it was a tomato plant. Now, I hadn't watered it or done anything. This was just artificial stuff in there. <laughs> and it grew, so I took it out of our living room, which doesn't have too much light, put it in the dining room, which has a bay window, and it grew and flowered.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Now, we don't have any bees or flies around, so I did the pollinating. I took a twin tip and uh, just flitted from flower to flower good, and pollinated it. Wow. Sure enough, I got tomatoes, about... My crop was maybe a dozen tomatoes. Mm. They were, uh, it seemed to be acid-free, mm. uh, and uh, at the end of, I don't know, maybe two, three months, the, the whole thing had finished flowering, and it died. Now, I don't know where this <laughs> tomato plant came from. <laughs> nobody eats in our <laughs> living room. Uh, but up it came. It hadn't been watered. Yeah, One time, well. my daughter was here, and she emailed, I don't some professor someplace in the states, and uh, he thought maybe we had put it out on our balcony. Mm-hmm. We don't have a balcony. Yeah, the bird had dropped it. Was yeah. out there, and yeah. the bird may have pooped in it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then he said, "Well, maybe tomato seeds are pretty hardy. Mm-hmm. I know that because uh, I once, I once." Uh, Picked up some manure from a place that I spread around. I had tomato plants growing all over. Yes,
3: the place. yes, they can.
6: Uh, but I don't know where this thing came. I didn't water it,
3: mm-hmm. but you, it came and why yeah, it grew? Why it would suddenly grow? Well,
2: and, and you, you pretended to be a bee, and you. Yeah, that's uh, what Frank. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's you, right. I was going to say, you son of a bee! How about just, that? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. What a what a <laughs> neat thing to do. To, to pollinate the the plants. Well, that was yeah. very smart. Yeah, absolutely, I, I was
3: amazed. When Lou he said that. Need, knew that if he was going to get any fruit, he needed to get some yeah. cross pollination going there, uh, or at least some pollination from you know plant to plant to sp- get a better, much better uh, crop. So the, the so mystery number one is where did the seed come from? Yeah. Okay, is there any possibility? Like, do you have a cleaning staff or grandchildren? <laughs> somebody who no, could have been no eating.
6: And certainly, no? nobody would would dare eat nard. Living
3: room. No, it's, it's a bit of a museum piece, is it, that living room?
6: Okay, well, I I got two more little mysteries. Okay. Okay. Uh, after this passed away, mm-hmm. the plant passed away, yep. uh, I was eating supper one day, and I said, let's see whether I can grow tomatoes in there, and I just took a couple of seeds out of my mouth and put them in there. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I did get another plant growing, but mm-hmm. I had planted this one. And this is only a little basket. It's about five inches across, maybe four inches high. Sure. And uh, I got crop off that too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that's gee. almost finished. But about, well oh, I would say about four weeks ago, from the root, I guess, of where this plant came up, up came another green thing,
3: oh, which it's is like, growing. So it's going to be like a grapefruit tree. Beetstock.
6: It is now four feet high. Oh, it's like two thin <laughs> stems, yeah, with uh, almost fern-like leaves coming out of it.
8: Uh-huh.
6: Which I just kind of cut one off and smelled. It smells like tomatoes. There are no mm. flowers on this one,
3: but it doesn't look like tomato it's, leaves. But
6: it's uh, it's like six inches from the ceiling right oh. now. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
6: oh man there's it's s- like
3: magical uh, soil tomatoes
6: don't propagate by themselves no no so but it it seems the leaves are are certainly uh, tomato like oh, they are. And uh, smell
2: like tomato plant. <laughs> that's wild. Wow, what a bizarre story, eh? What's, what's that Broadway show, the, the, the Plant That Eats the...
3: Well, like, there's a few. Yeah,
2: I can't remember what the darn name of it is uh, right now, but that's...
3: The Little, uh, little, shop, of of, horse, little no, shop of worst. Little no, Shop of Shop right. of
2: Yeah. <clears throat> but that's really wild. All right, so that
3: somehow there's like dormant seeds sitting in this soil, just waiting for the right conditions, and then when well, they...
6: Uh, this the, the but dormant seeds were with the first
3: mystery. Yeah, and, and then you watered, but, and
6: it, yeah.
3: yeah. So yeah, everything should this, have grown.
6: This, I did plant <laughs> this tomato from something I was eating. But just and, one. I did get tomatoes off that, but this just seemed to come out of the root. <laughs>
3: that Wild. Wow. Wow. I, so I, I think there's something very magical about this basket. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's only like four inches by 12 inches. This is not a, a large planting. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Uh, you know, to, to container s- to sustain something about four feet high, or yeah. even taller. I use
2: it as a Christmas tree and put bulbs on it and everything. Yeah. Uh,
3: or you know, I'd be very. Lou, send me a photograph if you can.
2: Yeah, that would be
6: good if I had I would, the camera. I'll see if I can get somebody to, yeah. to do that. See if somebody and,
3: can yeah, um, take a photo.
6: I, yeah, I, I, you, I did hear your email before, but you better give it
3: to me. We'll again. give you the email again. I'll also give you the, the mailing address if uh, perhaps anybody wants to mail something and doesn't mm-hmm. have access to email. That's fine, too. I love, love getting pictures of, of things that are going on. So uh, that's a great story. Thank you, Lou. And uh, you're going to have to kind of keep us in the loop. Let us know what happens. Yeah, that's uh, with, so darn with interesting. With this, uh, you know, magical... Yeah, I, I
6: don't know if this one is going to uh, flower. bloom or blossom. There's certainly no sign of that.
3: Uh, The
6: the third little bit of the mystery is from this second plant that I grew. Mm -hmm. I was getting tomatoes, and about three, four weeks ago, at the same time that happened, the plant just, there was three tomatoes on there, one ripe and two green, and then they just kind of went into hibernation. Mm -hmm. The red one is still red, hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Green ones haven't changed. They're just. Sitting there like
3: they were frozen in time. Mm.
2: Isn't that? Something? It's
3: light levels probably because yeah, the yeah, light yeah, levels it are. Mm-hmm. Could be this time of year, yeah. the light. It's not tomato the light growing time.
2: Proper. Grace, Grace has put on our computer here. Jack and the Beanstalk.
3: <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. one thing you could do just to keep the that tomato that you do have happening, to continue to happen, would be some supplementary light. You know, some a uh, grow light would probably help move those green tomatoes along.
6: Well. Yeah, they're, but there's a lot of two on the stock. It doesn't yeah. pay
2: to get yeah, exactly.
6: too to involved with it. The, uh, the red one I'm going to pick later on.
2: All right. Well, keep us informed, Thanks. Lou, okay? And and thank you very much for calling. What an interesting phone call. Exactly. Yeah. And, you
3: know, we'll give the the email for Absolutely. Lou and the mailing address, but also keep in mind that on our website, the am740.ca website, mm-hmm. under... Uh, my name. So under hosts and then under Charlie Dobbin, you will find some very good recipes for green tomato uh, jam, mm-hmm. but also a green tomato chutney is also been put up on the website, which was sent in by one of our listeners, a Heather in Hamilton, and uh, sorry Heather Hamilton from Hamilton, right. and it's a great recipe. This is a green tomato chutney recipe that ends up tasting like mincemeat for those of oh, you that are do excellent. the traditional mincemeat tarts.
2: Well, first of all, let's deal with your your um, uh, email. email address yeah it's c uh, Dobbin dobbin at b b i n @ am740.ca and uh, our mailing address gosh uh, do you know the um, actual it's <laughs> five,
3: postal code no it's our, our mailing address uh, is 550 yeah. queen street east mm-hmm. toronto suite 205 mailing uh, postal is m5a 1V as in Victor 2. There you go. M5A 1V 2.
2: And you can reach Charlie this morning. Still time to call. 416 3600740. Out of town. It's uh, anywhere in the province, as a matter of fact. 1 866 740 4740. Toll free. Back in just a moment here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show.
1: Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden here with Charlie, and we're going to go to uh, Laura in Aris. Where's Aris, Laura?
7: About six miles northwest of Guelph. Ooh. Oh, you there where go. Guelph is. Yes, yes in. course. Yeah. Okay, well, Wonderful. okay.
2: What, what question do you have for Charlie?
7: Uh, Well, first of all, I wanted to tell you that I have a rose out there Mm -hmm. that's still got two flowers on it. They've been out for a month. That's Isn't great, warm eh? All summer and now it's got two flowers on it. <laughs> I know
3: my roses are doing the exact same thing. It's hilarious. Yeah, don't cut them down yet. It has. Wait till it's a little colder.
7: <laughs> Enjoy yeah, them. I'll be out there when it's down around zero Fahrenheit. <laughs> I always. It.
3: Yeah, I think it should be freezing rain and hurricane force winds myself when I go out to look after the roses. Every time it's yeah. like that.
7: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what I call about? Mm-hmm. I have a hibiscus, mm-hmm. and I read in uh, the paper last week. They're supposed to be cut down halfway, but when do you do it?
3: When people bring hibiscus into the house in the fall, quite often they're too big to handle or too big to fit into the house, and that's where that recommendation comes from to cut them down. However, if you can fit your hibiscus into the house and it's not too big to handle, leave it alone, enjoy the flowers, let it do its thing for the rest of the winter, cut it down by half in uh, late February, early March. Okay. And then it'll stimulate all kinds of new growth and it'll be fat and juicy and green when you send it back outside in May.
7: Okay, and when do you fertilize it? Early uh, in the spring, I presume. When
3: it's actively growing. Yep. So, and you will see active new growth. New leaves uh, will start to emerge. Typically, uh, February, March, just as the days get longer, the growth will start to happen. That's when you'll fertilize, and that's when you can do serious, uh, radical pruning, if you wish. And you
7: cut it halfway, uh, end of February, first of March. Yep, exactly.
3: It's it's a bush or a tree that you've got.
7: A bu- uh, it's a, just a bush, Yeah, yeah. As far so, as I know.
3: Yeah, so bring it back in. You can cut, it, cut it down to half its, regu- its size that it is now then in late February, early March, and you'll just find it'll be denser and thicker and bushier, and you'll just have that many more flowers. Okay, thank All you very right. much. Thanks, You're Laura. Very
2: welcome. Thanks for your call. And I think we're getting a call in here from Rochelle in Toronto. Hi, Rochelle.
9: Good morning. I took your advice last week and watered my new shrubs, this whipcord cedar uh, is one that I didn't get at a garden center. I got it up at the corner grocery. Mm. But it's going brown anyhow, even with the extra water.
3: Mm. Was this uh, just one plant or a number of plants?
9: No, it's just one. Whipcord cedar, multi-branched shrub with long tendrils of foliage, giving a very droopy, pendulous mop effect.
3: Oh, okay.
9: Typical Fuja bronze cast in the winter, mm-hmm. height one meter.
3: Right. So the. Small could it be that the bronzing you're seeing now is just the traditional fall color?
9: It's just looking brown and it seems to be dropping its scales and those. Not every part of mm-hmm. every tendril mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, for example, there's one I just looked at. It's brown, long brown, and it's got a green tip.
3: Right. So, you know what? Given the time of year, number one, don't worry. Like, there's nothing you can do now. Let it be for the winter. Uh, if you've thoroughly watered it, then you're probably good to go in terms of just leaving it alone. I, I like to have leaves kind of mounded around my newly planted evergreens if you have access to anything like that. Okay, Consider that.
9: Leaves. Yeah, Shall I try the burlap uh, fence around it? You could. Or just the leaves?
3: You could do the burlap fence. You know, the stakes, the four stakes in the ground and then the burlap around the stakes. Just making a bit of a, a shelter around the plant put leaves inside that hut and no roof on top mm-hmm. that you could certainly consider as well just to help it get through this first winter and then give us a call in the spring it's one of those things you're going to have to just wait and see it may survive it may not uh, you know hard to tell the color you're seeing now could be a, a death color or it could be just a fall color all right thanks so much for your call rochelle Thank you. Let's talk to you in the spring. <laughs> okay. Hey, that
2: uh, puts the wraps on things pretty well. Yeah, it does. My gully. My gully. Where when does quay. the hour go? I know. Well, <laughs> we've had a snicker today or two, I'll tell you. And I As appreciate all the. Uh, you know what's amazing, folks? Now, uh, this question is asked of me a lot. Does Charlie have books that you're first? <laughs> you refers 1st you have not gone to any note at all this morning. Nothing. No. Nothing. Now, there have been maybe about five occasions since we've been doing the show that I've seen you reach over to our and as you're talking you thumb through and find whatever you need but no this Mm -hmm. is all off the top of your noggin
3: Uh, it's just amazing and
2: how how you balance all those little thoughts on that pointed head of yours (laughs) is quite (laughs) unbelievable
3: (laughs) it's like a filing cabinet it's in my brain I just pull out the drawers
2: well we will have fun again next week
3: we will for sure and have a good week well thank you and thank you very much Grace you have a great week good luck with those exams study hard and uh, thanks to everybody for your great call and you have a good show this coming up.
0: See you folks in five. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.